Hey, how good was that promo, right? Um, big thanks to Jared and the creative team for putting that together. Um, I love it because it's such a picture of what Half of the House is about. You know, people in unity with faith, building the house brick by brick. So I love it. It's such a prophetic image of what it's about. So, hey, so good to be with you guys today. If I haven't met you before, my name is Dan and I'm on team here at Oceans Church. And it's been an awesome journey. You know, I've already cried so much today just in worship and seeing DC and Mateus. So it's going to be a good service, guys. Let's strap ourselves in. But hey, I want to bring you the word today, and I'm excited. I'm honored to be up here. Um, The same word was released in Albany this morning, and I'm bringing it to you guys here today in Perth. So I'm just stoked to be here. But yeah, again, just to give you a heads up, Heart for the House is starting as of next week. And we are really excited for this series as a church. Um, You know, it will go for three weeks in the lead up to our offering, um, Heart for the House offering at the end of the month on the 26th. And it's just an opportunity for us to build the walls of this church together in unity to impact the generations to come. I think that's the key theme that we're seeing. It's to impact the generations to come. And it's such an amazing thing that we get to sow into something tangible. So I'd encourage you guys to begin praying, you know, what does God want you to sow into? What what um, what stone does he want you to place in the wall in this season? Because, you know, we really believe that any everybody, whether young or old, has a, has a part to give and a part to play in Heart for the House this year. So there's a there's a conviction that's been on Pastor Chafin's heart, and I just love it. It's about that not people would give more, but that more people would give. You know, because the more people give, the more stones in the wall, the more strength the wall has. So you know, we're really encouraged in this season, and it's going to be an amazing time. So we're starting off next week. There's going to be a panel with um, some awesome uh, key leaders in the church, and they're going to be giving us a behind-the-scenes view of, you know, of, of what happens and, and what the church is about. So, you know, we can have confidence that where we're giving is just going to something um, good and that it's going to something that will last and will actually impact people uh, in the future and, yeah, in the future generations. So, so good. So, hey, I'm going to bring you guys a word, but let's just um, let's come before, the God, before God in prayer. So, Father, I just pray, Lord, Father, may you position our hearts today to hear your word, God. I pray not my words, but yours. Father, I pray for revelation to touch each and every single one of us, God. I pray that this word in season speaks to each and every one of our hearts uniquely, the way that you do, Holy Spirit. So, Father, I give you this service, Lord God. We come before you and just ask that you move in such a mighty and amazing way. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Jess. Cheers for that. How good was worship, by the way? Love that. Hey, so it's so good to be with you guys today. And I just want to tell you a quick story about time. Actually, before I do that, it's Pentecost Sunday today. How cool is that? Like, it's so cool that we get to be, like, we're, we're celebrating the day of Pentecost here. And, and it's something that a lot of churches everywhere just kind of celebrate. But I think just taking a moment and just remembering what Gemma said, it's like the Spirit of God. This is the day we celebrate. The Spirit of God came into the earth, changed everything. And we get to see the fruit of that. It's, this is, we're living in that time after Jesus where we have this deep relationship. And it's just such an amazing thing. So I just want to tell you guys a quick story. Uh, when I first moved to Perth, I lived in this little house in Bentley, just down from where Arnold and the guys live at the moment. But um, I lived in this little house in Bentley. It's quite an old house, quite nice, like really central. And, um, and I lived there with my brother and another housemate. And I think it was at a time when it was just me living there. Um, 
I was like, we had this little cockroach problem. It wasn't much. I didn't think it much. All right. So like, you'd, you'd lift the toaster and a couple of cockroaches would run. You'd, just, you'd kill them and, and you wouldn't worry about it, right? At all. I'm sorry if you're squirmish, by the way. It gets worse. Anyway, so we wouldn't worry about it. And then one day we're like, all right, we better call in the pest controller, see what it can do. So, you know, they get you out of the house for like three hours, I think, or like most of the day they spray and do their thing. Anyway... They, we, I came back to the house after this guy had sprayed, after he caused this disturbance, and I kid you not, hundreds and hundreds of cockroaches were all over the floor, and I was like, this is disgusting, I cannot believe, I didn't know what I was living with, and that's my message. Nah, but I was like, I was like, I had no idea what lay beneath the surface, it was right there, I saw a trickle of it, but I was like, this is disgusting, and I had no idea what was laying beneath the surface, but what we did, we caused a disruption, and after that disruption, we saw what was actually happening in that place, and yes, we knew about it. I got a broom, and I was cleaning for days and wiping everything. Actually, no, I lied, because I was about to move out, so I just swept them up. Um, <laughs> so did you know that we as Christians, just like the pest controller, we're called from, by God to create a spiritual disturbance to the devil. You know, right now, above the surface can seem calm and nice and cruisy, just like my house did before the pest controller came. But beneath the surface, the enemy is actually at work wanting to attack your families, our society, the church. You know, he, it's his intention to bring brokenness, addiction, loneliness, suffering, and heartache into the world. And And do you know what a crazy thought is? is the devil is actually okay with us as long as we're not taking our faith too seriously. He's actually okay with us as long as we're not creating a disturbance to what he's doing. You know, if you're not too serious about your, your faith or the church or about reaching the lost, the devil is okay with you in that space. Guys, if you see, if we live a sanitized Christian life where our faith is just a tick box religious thing, he's all right with that. But, you know, we are called by God to create a disturbance to the things of the enemy on this earth. And when we get serious about our faith, we get serious about church, we get serious about reaching the lost and the broken, we actually create a disturbance to the enemy's plans. You know, when you turn up with faith, you create a disturbance because you carry Jesus with you. And when we look at the life of Jesus, man, he created such a disturbance <laughs> to the things of the enemy. He was going around, he was praying for people, casting out demons, making this absolute crazy impact on the earth. And you know, we are called as Christians to follow in his footsteps and create that disturbance to the enemy's plans. And as we rise and build together, we make a disturbance to the enemy's playground. Come on, can I get an amen to that? <laughs> hey, so just like Nehemiah, who we've been looking at over the last few weeks as a church. You know, we feel called to build something that is tangible and that will impact the generations to come. You see, Nehemiah was, was, had a conviction in his heart to rebuild the walls in Jerusalem, which would provide a place of safety and a place of security for the generations to come. And this caused a disturbance. See, Sam Ballot was a leader of Babylon who was, who was, who was um, ruling over Israel at the time. And you know, he came out and tried to stop this work, saying things like, what are you doing? God's not even in that. Just step away. Give it up. Stop building. There's just no point to this. 
In Nehemiah 4.2, Sambalat says, Do they actually think they can make something of stones from a rubbish heap and charred ones at that? You see, we are building something where people can find peace, safety, and security and encounter the living God in this house. And guys, anything that you attempt for God will cause a disturbance. You know, we're going to have a look at an account of Paul And um, this is an incredible verse that we really feel God is speaking to us as a church and us as individuals in this season. And just to give you a bit of context, Paul himself, they called him a Pharisee of Pharisees. Anyway, this Pharisee had this incredible encounter with Jesus on the road to Damascus where he, he, he spoke with Jesus and his life was radically changed. He then goes from persecuting the church to building churches, to, to seeing the lost saved, for chasing after Jesus. And so multiple times, but there was a particular time he's arrested and he's on a boat on the way to Rome to stand before Caesar. And while they're on that boat traveling, they actually, they actually a massive storm rolls in and it, and it makes the boat sink. And all the crew members and Paul, they all survive, but they swim to the island of Malta. Anyway, welcome to the Christian faith. <laughs> Paul gives us such an example of, of a life that we should actually, like, in be encouraged to live for God. We can so often look for comfort, but you know, when we look at the life of Paul, he'd been in prison, he'd been whipped many, many times. He five separate times got the 39 lashes. That is a thing that brings people almost to the brink of death. Once stoned, two times shipwrecked, he's faced dangers in rivers, seas, deserts with robbers. He worked hard as a tent maker to support his ministry and he endured sleepless nights. And now this, he got shipwrecked. <laughs> and so Paul was, was in a position where he concluded, is God actually with me? If this is so hard, how can this actually be God? Am I acting in the level of grace that I need to be? Because this is just not an easy journey. You know, maybe he should have stopped disturbing. Maybe he should have stopped planting churches and reaching the lost and stepping out. You know, maybe he should have just joined in with a, a religious lifestyle like he had before and got rid of that faithful lifestyle that Jesus had called him to live. And maybe he should, should have just stopped building. Guys, this is what, actually, what others actually thought about him. So as they got to the island of Malta, the, the locals welcomed them with open arms. And it says, as Paul gathered an armful of sticks and was laying them on the fire, a poisonous snake driven out by the heat bit him on the hand. The people of the island saw it hanging from his hand and said to each other, a murderer, no doubt. Though he escaped the sea, justice will not permit him to live. But Paul shook off the snake into the fire and was unharmed. The people waited for him to swell up or suddenly drop dead. But when they had waited a long time and saw that he wasn't harmed, they changed their minds. They thought he was a god. (laughs) Crazy, hey? And as if that list above was not enough, now Paul has been shipwrecked. He's just trying to stoke the fire as you do. And this snake has jumped out and bitten him on the hand. And everyone's like, oh, well, he's going to die. The islanders were like, you are not supposed to be alive if that much bad stuff is happening to you. So guys, we're going to break apart this verse and take a few amazing points that we believe God is speaking to us as a church in this season. So if you've got a Bible or if you've got your phone, I encourage you to turn to Acts 28, 3 to 6 and follow along. But the title of this message, if you're taking notes, is Shake It Off. And I'll sing the Taylor Swift number later. <laughs> but guys, the first point I want to touch on is your fire will drive out the devil. Guys, as Paul stoked the fire, as he lay the sticks on the pile, so he disturbed the snake out of hiding. 
But you see the thing, the snake was already there. The snake was lurking, the snake was within that vicinity, but it wasn't until he stoked the fire and put the sticks on it that it drove it out. See, Paul caused a disturbance. And guys, your fire, your fire for God will disturb the devil lurking under the surface. It's something we have to know as Christians that as you do follow the purpose on your life, when you create the disturbance, the enemy doesn't like that. You see, when you begin to make a difference in the lives of people around you, all of a sudden, the devil is there. You know, as you take your faith seriously or you prioritize Jesus' church and seeing the lost saved, you see, all of a sudden, the enemy's like, I don't like that. I'm going to oppose you. You see, he has been there all along, but you caused him to move because of the heat and because of the disturbance. See, life can be all good when you're just bumbling along the road, taking care of yourself. And when we take our faith journey, it's just kind of a religious tick box thing, you know? It's like, yeah, I'll just go to church because I know that's what we do and that's sort of what we have to do. But you know, what God has for you, when you step into the purpose that he has for your life, he is calling you to create a disturbance. And when you step into that place, look out because the enemy doesn't like that. Because you're actually making a difference. You're spreading the gospel where you go. You see, Sam Ballot, he tried to stop the work of Nehemiah, and he used things like intimidation, accusation, offense. They did not play nice. And guys, the enemy doesn't play nice. And you know what? The snake may well attack and bite you. You might even have it dangling from your hand. Like your circumstance might look like Paul's, like a little bit unorthodox and not that great. <laughs> but it says, the people of the island saw it hanging from his hand and said to each other, a murderer, no doubt, though he escaped from the sea, justice will not permit him to live. And guys, the conclusion that the enemy wants you to come to after you've been bitten by the snake, after you've been opposed by him, is... He wants you to come to the conclusion that that wasn't God. He wants you to think that it was all just you in your head. You know, you just wanted that for yourself, for your own praise. Man-made, selfish agenda, and now it's all caught up with you. See, he goes straight for that place of faith. You know, it's then that we can ask, you know, in that moment, okay, is this actually God in my life? Like, how can it be God if I'm, if I'm struggling? How can it be God if I just got opposed like that or even got embarrassed? You know, even looking, looking at Paul, he'd been shipwrecked, bitten by the snake. How could that have been God in that moment? So the devil wants you to stop what you've started. He wants you to stop building. He wants you to stop disturbing. He wants you to step back and to shrink away into just, okay, I'm just going to tick the box with my faith. But you see, these are all lies. And although the fire will drive out the devil and you may even be bitten, that brings me to point two, the bite is not fatal. Guys, the bite is not fatal because guess what? The devil knows that this is God. The devil knows when you're walking in your purpose with Jesus and that he knows when to attack and when to combat you. Because if we think that, you know, when we're not walking in that purpose, life is simple and easy. That's an easy place to retreat. You see, he does not play nice because he knows you're God's person. He knows that you were the one God has called to cause a disturbance. And he knows that you have caused the snake to come out of hiding. But I want to say this to you guys. The bite is not fatal. See, it's not fatal. It's not your end. It's not fatal to you. It's not fatal to your church. It's not fatal for your family. And it's not fatal for the purpose that God has on your life. Though you may be bitten and it may be uncomfortable, God still has a plan. And there's something that comes after we're being bitten. But, you know, it says in Psalm 91.13, You will trample upon lions and cobras. You will crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet. Guys, the only way that this verse actually stands is because of what Jesus did on the cross. 
So, you know, as we, as we step into the purpose God has for us, we can walk, in, and it's not even just them, but when we believe in Jesus, we walk in this victory knowing that Jesus has overcome the sting of Satan, and that sting is no longer final. So Jesus has conquered death and Satan. And the most amazing and encouraging thing to remember is Jesus himself is also building his church. You know, it's not just us fighting against him and trying to wrestle this thing into reality. Jesus is also the one building his church. Psalm 127, I haven't given that to you, but that's an incredible verse that's just been on my heart. It says, unless the Lord builds the, the house, the builders labor in vain. You know what I mean? And God is building this church. So yes, you might have been bitten, but it's not the end of you. Things may have got a bit uncomfortable. You might have gone through a season where you were, where, where the devil has seemed to come at you and cause a lot of bad things or just oppose you, especially when you stepped out to follow the purpose of your life. But guys, this, get this, this is the miracle unfolding. And this, these are the moments where God gets the glory because he shines in our weakness. And guys, and you and others will be amazed at what God is doing and he is doing amazing things in this church. So... Let's get back. Point one, your fire will drive out the devil. Point two, the bite is not fatal. Point three, shake it off. Shake it off. No. <laughs> it's time to shake. I didn't want it too loud. It's time to shake it off. It says, but Paul shook off the snake into the fire and he was unharmed. See, Paul was not daunted by the commentary of those around him because he was anchored in the promise of God. All the locals were like, man, you're not supposed to be here. What are you doing? You are just, you're supposed to be dead. If, if you just crashed and you made it and you got bit by a snake, you have the worst luck out of any human being. But you see, Jesus says something incredible. It says, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. And you see, another way to look at that, he's saying, go everywhere and cause a disturbance. <laughs> go everywhere and cause a disturbance. A disturbance to the darkness, through the light of the gospel, a disturbance in, in your schools, a disturbance in your workplace, a disturbance in your family's lives, in a good way, because when you bring Jesus with you, it shakes up and it reveals the enemy. But God is doing an amazing thing in that moment. Mark 16 says, these miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. They will handle snakes with safety. They'll be able to place their hands on the sick and they will be healed. Guys, you see, Paul knew that this was not fatal, that all he needed to do was shake it off. And guys, you know, there are moments in our lives and our journeys when we actually do need this deep sense of healing, you know, an important work of restoration and, and work in the heart and the soul, you know, where we need to forgive others and ask for forgiveness 100%. We all go through moments and seasons of that. But there are also times when, we can, when what we do is we reason ourselves into knots, you know, by trying to gain understanding with our mind. But the thing that we're doing here is we're actually trying to fight a spiritual battle with the power of reason, with not spiritual weapons. And you can't fight a spiritual battle with the power of reason. See, what we do is we always try to make sense of everything that is happening to us. And what that can actually do is limit what God wants to do in our lives. Because if we can't figure it out, then we don't want to push past it because we sit and we try to figure it out. You see, we can only win these battles with the power of God. And James 4 tells us the way to cause the enemy to flee, right? And get this. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. It's simple, right? Submit to God, to his will, to his word. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So guys, Paul submitted 
to the, to the purposes of God, no matter what the cost. I think that's an incredible thing when we learn from the life of the Apostle Paul. See, his, his courage and his just, just attitude of just like, I just want to follow Jesus in the purpose that is on my life, no matter the cost. And in, in, in a way, I'm like, oh, do I do that? <laughs> do I follow Jesus with the conviction that all that matters is the pro- proclamation of his gospel and his word on this earth? You see, his, Paul's aim was not to live a comfortable life, and sometimes we can actually make idols out of our comfort and, and elevate that instead of the Holy Spirit, who's called in the Bible the Comforter. You see, Paul faced much discomfort, but in the place of discomfort, in those moments when he got bitten, when he was poisoned, he found this beautiful intimacy with the Father. Like He found this incredible place of intimacy where he began to draw his strength from. And guys, we can idolize seeking a stable life, over Jesus, who is the only stable foundation. You know, and it's so easy, I believe. It's, a, it's almost a trick of the world. See, we look everywhere else to find stability. We look in money. We look in our jobs. We can even look in relationships. But the only stable life that we can live is a life planted in Jesus. So, guys, Paul's aim was to obey God and submit to his will. And no wonder the power of God moved through him. It was simple. Obey God. Submit to his will. What has he called you to church guys God calls us to submit to his will and you know what it can be so easy to think we need to understand every single aspect of that will but I I believe and, and I know that God is calling us to have faith to trust in his plan because his ways are far greater than our ways in Proverbs 3 it says trust in the Lord with all your heart do not depend on your own understanding but in all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight Guys, the word submit or acknowledge in other versions in that verse is the same word as, as the way that Adam knew Eve. And it was an intimate relationship, literally entwining yourself with God that that verse is talking about. You see, rather than trying to work out why the snake is there, why you've been bitten, you know, God is actually calling us just to shake it off and trust him. You know, sometimes, again, we have to go through that deep healing, but a lot of the time we can just shake off that bite from the enemy and trust in God. We don't need the power of reason to win that battle because it won't work. Guys, so often we're trying to find out who to blame or, like, where did I go wrong? Where? Like, and we sort of work through the worries with that power of reason in our minds. But, guys, it won't happen because we're trying to fight a spiritual battle with the power of reason. We just need to shake it off and start again. And guys, that brings me to the fourth point. You see, once we shake it off, it can be interesting. It's like, yeah, but I still got stung. It still happened. I still got burnt. The devil still came against me and I still got hurt. But guys, that brings me to the fourth point. The miracle will come to pass. See, for Paul, there was, there was a gap time between the, the bite and the ensuing realization that God was actually with him, and it was in fact God in this circumstance. You see, the people waited for him to swell up or suddenly drop dead. Can you imagine that moment? Like, Paul's there. He just got bitten by a snake, and I reckon it still hurt him, right? He's like, ooh, that wasn't very nice. Anyway, he gets bitten by this snake, and everyone's like, oh, look, he's going to die because he just got bitten. And so he was sitting there, and but Paul waited patiently for the miracle to unfold. You see, it didn't happen instantly, but it was as the locals waited and they watched that they saw the miracle of God unfold before them. But then, And it says, but when they had waited a long time and saw that he wasn't harmed, they changed their minds and decided that he was a god. You see, when they saw the miracle, they decided, ah, he's not a devil. He doesn't deserve death, but he's a god. 
You see, guys, you will see in your circumstance that this is God. Guys, there will come a time when people see the reality of God in your situation. See, God is building his church. God has called you. He's not against you. He's not out to harm you or to bring you down. He's there to build you up, to support you. So, you know, when you've been called into something and you step into your purpose and it can seem hard and difficult, you know what? God is still there with you. The enemy comes against you, but God wants you to flourish. He wants you to push through. He wants you to sometimes even trust in him when it doesn't all make sense in your mind. Guys, because the miracle will come to pass. Guys, and we've been so inspired, I personally have been inspired as well by Nehemiah in this season. You know, despite the intimidation, they kept building all the way through the letters of intimidation, the accusations, and in the end, in the end, everyone saw that this was in fact God. In Nehemiah 6, 15 to 16, it says, so on October the 2nd, the wall was finished just 52 days after we had begun. It's very efficient. When our enemies and the surrounding nations heard about it, they were frightened and humiliated. Why? Because they realized this work had been done with the help of our God. You see, guys, in the end, despite all of the intimidation, the accusation, the letters, Sembalat coming against them, despite the setbacks, despite the snake bites, God rocked up and showed that he was in fact in this. Guys, when you're following the purpose of God in your life, you know what? It may not be easy, but if God is in it, it doesn't have to be easy because you're walking with him. And you know what? There will also, I prophesy in this moment, there will be times where you do find rest. Don't think it's a constant battle. There will always be something, but when you find your peace in Jesus, that walk gets a lot easier. (laughs) Guys, You are God's person. We are God's church. You and I, especially together in unity, can cause a disturbance to the enemy's playground. Amen, guys. And I pray, I pray we cause a disturbance at Perth. I pray we cause a disturbance in Albany. I pray we cause a disturbance in towns where there are no churches, where people are struggling and need the love of Jesus. I pray we cause a disturbance in those places. Guys, the snake will bite. It will want us to shrink back, but don't conclude with God is not in this. And another fact, the snake bites almost confirmation that God is in this, right? <laughs> if, he, if the enemy's opposing you, it's because he does not like what you're doing. Because, guys, God is in this, and there's a miracle unfolding. And as a church, I believe we just need to shake it off once and for all. Guys, the bite is not fatal, but get this, your existence is the fatal disturbance for the devil. Guys, the bite is not fatal, but your existence, you following your purpose that God has placed on your life, is the fatal disturbance for the devil. Seriously, remember to shake it off into the fire. There's a miracle unfolding. And can I say that there, before I do that, And guys, there is a miracle unfolding in this house. You know, sometimes we can think the miracle is out there. And and that's why I'm always encouraged by the help for the house time. And like when we give into the offering at the end of the month. And because, you know, when we look at the story of Jesus, when he fed the 5,000, as they're all following him, listening to his teaching, right? The disciples are like, how are we going to feed all these people? And Jesus is like, will you feed them? What have you got in your hands? What do you have to bring to me? And they had fish and they had bread. And that's all they had. But they brought what they had in their hands and the miracle unfolded. Guys, the miracle is in your hands. And one way that we're shaking the snake off and building in this season is the heart for the house offering, is the building of the church. 
You see, it's not, we don't want fleshly giving, you know, something that is done out of guilt or shame or out of that, oh, I just should because that's what you do as a Christian. You know, but we're after faith-filled giving and coming before God and just being like, we get to give into what God is doing in this place. You know, we want to be a part of the miracle of what God is doing and we believe in it. Guys, we don't want to see what man can do, but we want to see what God can do out of our obedience. Again, that conviction, it's not that more that people give more, but more people give, young or old, whatever amount. It doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be a million dollars. If you've got that spare, that's amazing. But guys, we want to see people released into ministry. We want to see the church grow. Imagine a building for the Perth crew and how amazing and fruitful that would be for a hub, for things like Academy, for things like Arrow Power, just people coming together. And I love that all of this comes from within you know what I mean the the miracle is in our hands so give courageously don't give timid and another way just to touch on is is tithing is an amazing way that we keep building courageously you know we're bringing the stones we're consistent you know tithing creates a disturbance in the generations and as well as the half of the, the house offering again not for people to give more but for more people to give hey why don't you guys stand with me in this moment Thank you, Jesus. So good. Look, I don't know what snake bites you've gotten in this season, especially in relation to you following the call of God on your life. And I feel like I'm speaking to some people tonight that may have just, you know, you're following and you believe you're, you're in the place where God wants you, but something has opposed you. And you know what? It doesn't feel easy. And, and then that thought comes into your mind. You're like, how can this be God? You know, maybe you've caused a disturbance somewhere. Or, you know, maybe you begin to make begin to make righteous choices. Maybe you've been courageous about your faith and going after the lost and the broken. Or maybe you've, you've stepped into greater responsibility in, in church leadership or in your workplace. And, or you're raising up your kids in the ways of God. Or you're making God number one in your life. And you've been met with opposition because of the disturbance you've created. Guys, let me tell you tonight. You might be bitten, but the bite is not fatal. The miracle is actually unfolding. So don't be kept down. But what the enemy wants you to see in the circumstance, guys, the miracle is unfolding in front of you. It's not fatal for you, for your family, for the purpose of God in your life. Do not ever think that those moments disqualify you from God using you as well. Because let me tell you right now, God wants to move on each and every one of your hearts and just empower you to do what He's called you to do. So guys, I encourage you to utilize this message in your life. You know, first of all, let's shake it off. You know, even right now in faith, let's begin to shake it off. It might seem weird. I actually even encourage you to shake your hands. Let's prophetically declare, just like shaking off what the enemy has done. You know, do it in your spirit. Do it out, out, out in the open. It doesn't matter what you're doing, but shake off what the enemy has tried to cause for bad. You know, let's physically shake it off. Shake off the last season. Shake off the guilt, shake off the shame, shake off the condemnation, the intimidation, the accusation, the times of offense. Guys, and trust in God. Trust His process. Guys, the poison will not affect us, and we know that. We see from the life of Paul that the poison does not have to take us out. So trust in God. Guys, He is sovereign, which means He is above all. He has the power. He has the victory. When the enemy combats you, it's out of intimidation. But the enemy knows that the second you receive that authority in Christ, he's out. He, he will still come against you, but he knows that as soon as you receive that authority, 
you know that you carry the victory within you. And guys, lastly, I want to encourage us, let's get back to building. Pick up the stone, build the wall. Pick up the stone, sow into your family. Pick up the stone, sow into your workplace. Pick up the stone, sow into your church. Guys, continue to go after the lost with courage. Do it confidently with all your heart. Guys, what has God called you to? What has God placed on your heart? You know what? It might not look the same as the next person, and that's okay, because God has uniquely called each and every single one of us to do something for His kingdom. That might be in your workplace, in your family, wherever your ministry is.